Amen. Thanks, guys. T, that's awesome. I just love the, uh, I love the atmosphere this morning, and I know I, I need to get on it and make this thing happen, okay? So let's just jump at it. Uh, I want to ask one more time, how many big-hearted people are in the room? Okay, we're all big-hearted people, okay? I, I just want to make sure I'm not talking to little-hearted people. Okay, but, and, and you can be a big-hearted person and hide it because here's the deal is that when, you, when, you, when you're big-hearted, you know, not only do you love big, but if you can love big, you can also hurt big. Huh? You know, you can love big, but you can hurt big. And, 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 and so we, we, we don't always, you know, tell the truth about how big-hearted we are. You know, uh, how, how many of you guys like to go to movies? It's so funny you ask that in church and people that are, man, we saw you there. It's okay. It's not like you're going to hell because you went to a movie. Uh, but a few years ago, a few years ago, uh, uh, we were getting ready for the, you know, the new year and praying, and we always do the fast and pray, and, and uh, getting ready for the new year, and God just spoke to me to just cut out R-rated movies, and then, uh, and so I thought he was talking about for like 21 days, no problem, okay? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but then he, he never, he, he just kept me off of it. So now movies suck. And... Um, <laughs> Well, because the good ones, the good ones, you know, the, in my opinion, the good ones are some people, you know, there's body parts flying across the room and stuff like that. That's, I, that's what I dig. I want to see somebody die, okay? Like the more the merrier, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Might have something with what I do for a living, you know, but I watch people blow up and, and I picture other people in there. And I'm just saying. And, uh, uh, you, you know, and, and, and I see the, the, you know, the dude that's in the movie, you know, it's like John Wayne. In, in my mind, I am John Wayne. You know, and you just walk into the situation, you deal with stuff, let the chips fall where they may, and, you know, kick booty, and you don't even bother taking names. It's just going on. And, and, and I like to think that's how I am. But the truth of the matter is, is that when I get in the mood to do that, something stops me. It, it's like I have an attack. I have a heart attack. Because as, as, as much as I would love to be angry with every single one of you, I love you too much. You know, and, and I've tried not to. But God's doing something, right? And, and he's growing us. You know, you know that there's people in your world, you might be successful with some of them, okay, getting a little angry. But, but you, have you ever found yourself in a spot where it's like, man, and then you, but you can't help it because, you know, it's like a family member. You know, you want to be angry with them, but you can't really because you love them. And, and, and you, why? Well, because you got a bigger heart than you wanted to admit. And, and, and when you have a big heart, you can love big, but you got to remember you can also hurt big. And, but a lot of times when, when you have a big heart, and you might be sitting here today thinking, well, I'm not sure I have a big heart. I'm not sure this is for me. Okay, let's, let's, I just wrote down four or five things to help you understand if you have a big heart. Number one, you have a big heart. If you have a big heart, you're self-sacrificing. Okay, self-sacrificing, which means that you, you might be more quick to run off and help somebody with one of their issues, even though you have, might have a very similar issue, but you, you're, you're going to leave yours behind and go out and help them because you'd rather help somebody else than deal with your own stuff. And, 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 and it doesn't bother you because you just you want, to, you want to be a blessing. You want to help others win. You, you want to pour into others' lives. And, and you might not always do it right, but the fact is, is that you want to do it. You, you are self-sacrificing. Now, there's a piece of you that's kind of hoping that somebody will pick up uh, on the thing and, like, and, and like maybe swing by and help take care of your stuff and, and give you a hand. And quite often that doesn't happen. 
And so not only are you loving big, but there, there's that potential, see, to, to hurt big. And, and it, but maybe if you're self-sacrificing, you got a big heart. Maybe, maybe this one's better uh, to describe you. You're overlooking. You, you, you have the ability to overlook things, you know, like, like there are certain people that everybody's warning you about. Don't, hey, don't hook up with that guy. That, that dude's a jack wagon. You know, uh, uh, you, you want to stay away from him, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, hey, lady, that's Johnny Rattlesnake. Leave him alone. But she sees something, right, in him, right? And you see something in people, even when, uh, the, when they got a bunch of junk, but you can see, you see good and you keep trying to pull it out. And quite often, you know, you might have moments of success, but quite often there's also great moments of failure there because you're trying to pull something good out out of somebody who's not really committed to becoming good. And so even though you love big, there's the potential to hurt big, right? But but you're an overlooker or or maybe this, maybe it shows up this way. You, you are intense. For, you know, for example, if you're upset, nobody has to ask you the whole world knows. Huh? You're all sitting by somebody. I can, you have no idea how many people are like looking sideways right now. It's like crazy. Uh, if, if you are excited, everybody's going to get excited because, you know, you're intense. You have, there's an intensity about you that, 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 man, you ain't half in nothing. You just an all in guy. Why? Because you got a big heart. Uh, or maybe you're the workhorse. Maybe, maybe you hook up when somebody has a burden and you hook up to it and you start, you start pulling and, and, and you keep pulling and you don't stop pulling. And then you look around and the person who actually owns the burden is sitting in a lawn chair. You, you still working? You, why? Because you got a big heart, or or maybe maybe uh, you're long suffering, and by that I mean uh, you're still dealing with stuff that happened way back there. The others seem to have walked right past and moved on, and and you struggle. Listen, the fact that you have these feelings is not a bad thing. You're a big-hearted person. All of, us, all of us have to deal with areas of our life because as we grow, our hearts increase, our capacity is getting bigger. But because we have the ability to love more, we also have the ability to hurt more. And you, and, 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 and you have to make sure that you're not blaming your heart, but you're guarding your heart. Right? See, you don't blame your heart. Well, let me tell you why I do this. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to tell me why, you know, your excuse to not obey God. Uh, and blame it on your heart. You want to guard your heart. You want to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And, and, and the Bible says that there's nothing more deceitful than your heart. So, it, you know, and people will say stuff all the time like, well, he's got a good heart. Well, yeah, but uh, you got to make sure that heart has the right motive, right? We want God's help to make certain that the stuff that we bring into our heart is actually sent by God. That doesn't just look good, but it actually is good for us. Huh? That our motives are right. That our motives are right. You, you know, uh, have you ever had somebody in your world that, uh, that tells you all the time that they're praying for you? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Now, they've never asked you what you're facing, what you're dealing with, what your dreams are, what your hope is. So you might be confused as to how could they possibly be praying for me because they've never asked me anything. 
See, because they're not praying for you, they're praying about you. And, and, and see, and if you've got a big heart, somebody doing the right thing can feel like a wound, can feel like an attack. Why? Because you're not praying for me, you're praying about me. You're hoping that you can put your uh, spin into my life because, that, and that's what you're asking God to do, and, and you're wondering why God isn't answering that prayer, because it's witchcraft. And, and um, I don't know why you're all so quiet. I, you know, the, the, the deal is, is that, see, it's easy, it's easy when you have a big heart if, if you're not really in the spirit, it's easy to be consumed with something that's more of a distraction than it is a, a, a value to you. Let, let's, just, let's just read some Bible verses, okay? Um, and I'm trying to think where I want to start because of time, because I've already gone over time. Uh, but we'll, we'll start in 1 Corinthians 2, and we'll go fast. Okay, ready? We're going to go fast. Look at somebody say, hang on. Brother, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I can relate to this guy. You know, and, and Paul's writing, and I really think he's following up because uh, uh, Apollos was also a teacher during that time, and, and Apollos was very highly educated, very eloquent, very powerful, very popular, and Paul's coming up behind him, and he's saying, listen, I don't have all these fancy words and all that stuff, but, but I, I can demonstrate uh, how the Spirit operates and, 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 and empower. And see, the, what you want is you want, the, you want the Spirit to show up and the power of God to show up right? And, and he said that your faith shouldn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. When you collide with the power of God, your faith is going to elevate. And verse 6 says, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a, in, a, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, even the hidden wisdom. How do you know that there's wisdom that's hidden? It's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. He's not trying to hide it, but he wants to reveal it to you. There are things in your life that God would love to reveal to you, and he ordained it before the world unto our glory. Verse 8 says that uh, none of the princes of this world knew anything about it. If they had known anything about it, they would never have crucified him. And verse 9, but eye is not seen and ear is not heard, and neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things that God's, isn't it, does it blow your mind? It blows my mind that God has prepared things for me prepared, made ready in advance. So God, who, who looked at the end, he went to the end and declared the beginning and worked his way back to where you are, and he has prepared things for you so that when you get to where he's taken you, even at this next stage of life, when you get there, it's ready for you. Is that awesome? God, God's got it. God's got it. He has seen to it. He is the God who sees to it. He is, he is the provider, provision, provision. Jehovah Jireh means provision shall be seen. Okay? So in other words, there's something he's going to show you, and it's going to answer the situation. It, but, but not only will it... it Provision shall be seen. That's in your world. But for, in God, it already has been seen. He has already provided for you. Okay. Let, let me see if we can get this real quick. You're asking God to provide. He already has. He needs to direct you to the place where the thing that he's prepared is at. See, because if you go to the wrong place, 
it, it, it's like if we, sent you, uh, if we sent you out of town and there's a house there and the, and the fridge is, is stocked and, and uh, everything's there and it's waiting for you and you, you, you could get to the right city but go to the wrong house and you're in the wrong house and you open the fridge and there's nothing there. And, and well, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be ready. You're just in the wrong place. Okay, see, and a lot of us, a lot of us are opening all the cupboards of life looking for what God has provided. Well, could it possibly be that you're in the wrong place? I mean, you're right, vicinity, but the wrong place. And, and, and if you're not careful, if, if you're not careful, well, yeah, but I, I know, we talked, this is where he said to go. Have you ever been with somebody that's lost and they don't know it? You know, so, <laughs> so, so, some of the times we'll jump on the bikes, right? Jump on the Harleys and take off and, and go for a ride. And, 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 uh, and then you start seeing, uh, you know, landmarks keep going by. Why? Because we don't know where we are. And we look good, okay? We, we look tough. We're lost, okay? And, and, uh, uh, and when you look that tough and that, that manly, you don't ask. You just keep circling. And, and, and a lot of us, that's where we are in life, is that we keep circling, but we can't find it. Well, why? Because we need the Spirit of God to reveal it to us. Verse 10 says that uh, th- these things are revealed uh, by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Everybody say all things. All. See, the Spirit doesn't search some things. The Spirit searches all things, not, you know, I mean, even the good things, you know, because just because it's good doesn't mean it's your thing. Come on, just not everything that's good is your thing, but, but, but wait a minute, I saw that, I like it, and okay, but that doesn't mean it's your thing. He searches the deep things of God, look at 11, and, and no man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him, and the spirit in you knows more about you than you do. You need to connect with the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. You need to be, man, you need to be begging God. I, I don't know, maybe you're afraid of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you, you, you need to embrace a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need a Holy Spirit to guide you, lead you, teach you, talk to you, educate you, empower you, strengthen you. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to be one of them weird people. Oh, one of those weird people that looks tough, looks strong, but they're going in circles? No, I want to be one of them people that gets to the house, opens the fridge, and boom, there it is. There's the provision. And, and, and he said, uh, even so the things of God know no man but the Spirit of God. For... We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given us of God, which things also we speak, but not in the words of uh, man's wisdom, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And the natural man, here's a problem, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him, neither can he know them, he can't recognize them. He can't, see, remember, to know means to recognize, give admittance to, acknowledge, and confess. And you can't know, you can't recognize the things of God without the Spirit of God bearing witness in you. So, in other words, in other words, something from God could walk through your life and you wouldn't recognize it. Why? Well, because it wasn't exactly what you had in mind. See, big-hearted people, let me just tell you something, that uh, uh, disappointment, uh, that, you know, wounds, hurts, they all stem from what you had in mind. 
See, your job is, it's like, I hate my job. No, no, you, the problem isn't your job. The problem isn't, is not your job. The problem is that your job is, isn't what you had in mind. See, the problem isn't your marriage. It's just that marriage isn't what you had in mind. The, the kids aren't, aren't the problem. It's just that they're not exactly what you had in mind. You had something in mind, and now that, that expectation's being unmet, and now disappointment. See, when, when reality and expectation collide, the door to disappointment swings open, and, and it's not what you had in mind. And that's the problem, is that the natural man has a mind of his own. But we, that's not the mind we want to be led by. I said, that's not the mind that we want to be led by. The natural man, 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 I'm telling you, I'm telling you that hopefully we've grown past the place where, uh, you know, we don't just wander off the trail of life and go do crazy stuff because of silly temptation that, that you, you know, hey, it, it ought to take more than a Hooter sign and, and, a, and a drink coupon to, to get you to wander off the trail, right? You ought to be more in tune with God than that, just in your heart. But without the Spirit of God, even a good thing can be the wrong thing. And so what you need to do is, is, is you, man, you need to get out of the natural realm and into the spirit so that you can understand the things of God. Because they are spiritually discerned. Discern, they are spiritually discerned. So put it this way. Go do, go do a word study. You know, go to blueletterbible.org or wherever. Just bring out the Strong's Concordance. Do a word study on discern. And basically what it's going to teach you is that the Spirit does a forensic examination of all things. So the Spirit takes everything that's coming into your life and does a forensic examination because he's qualified to see things that the natural man isn't qualified to see. It's not that the natural man doesn't want to look at it. It's just he's not qualified to look at it. Why? Because he can't see what the Spirit can see. So let, let's put it this way. If, if we had two paintings up here, one was a Rembrandt and one was an amazing forgery. Okay, I'm not talking about something that we had the kids do across the hall at Kids Church. I'm talking about a really good forgery. And, and most of us in the room, I, I probably every one of us, unless you have a gift or, and some training that we are unaware of, but most of us could be, uh, could be you know, mistaken. But we, we could end up selecting the wrong picture. Because the forgery can have everything that the, that the original masterpiece has with the exception of one thing. Okay, it can have everything, and, and, you know, well, authenticity. Well, the, the, even, even the forgery is, could be authentic to the creator. But the forgery has no value compared to the original. See, and what the enemy wants to do is get you to fill your life with good things that look good, feel good, smell good, taste good, but there's no value. It doesn't add any value. Why? Because it's, it's not a God thing. It's just a good thing. See, you know, big-hearted people, man, here's what happens is that you, you attach your heart to everything. You, you put your heart in it. You put your heart in it. And then you end up hanging out even if God's moved on. Because what you had in mind, what you had in mind, see, hey, can, let's put it this way. Uh, you will never collide with what God has prepared until you get over what you had in mind. You will never collide with what God has prepared until you can release what you had in mind. Because you can't see it if you won't look at it. 
And the natural man locks on, and your great big old heart, man, it just locks on to stuff. And, and, and then, and, and it's, it's good stuff. You, you, you could even say, you could prove, you could prove to people around you, it's a God thing. It's a God thing. Go, go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And, and uh, uh, 1 Samuel 16, the Lord spoke to Sam and said, uh, how long are you going to hang out where I've moved on? You know, look at what he said. How long are you going to cry over Saul? See, it's not bad that you have these feelings. It's not bad that you have these feelings. It's just bad when these feelings have you. See, because when these feelings have you, they, they, they stop you, they paralyze you, they, they, they trap you. And, and you're thinking, man, I just, I just got a big heart. Yeah, but you got, can't blame your heart. You got to guard your heart. How long are you going to hang out here? I've rejected this. Get, get up. Let's go, boy. Fill your horn with oil and go, and I'm going to send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have, I have provided me. God said, listen, I have provided. I have seen to it. I've gone to the end. I've picked out a king. I, I know who we're going to anoint. I, I have a future. I have a hope. And, you, you know, I'm not trying to harm you. I'm trying to, to, to elevate you. I'm trying to help you. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm going to prosper you, and I have a hope and a future for you. Come on, let's go. Let's move into the future. And you can't can't stay back here. I've moved on from back there. Time to move forward. I know I'm talking to somebody today. I said, I know I'm talking to somebody today. That, that, that man, God, God's done and he's moved on and you're still, you're still hanging out there, still hanging out there with a big heart, calling it faith. Man, I just believe God's going to bring life into this. And God's going, man, if you could just see what I see. I've seen to it. I already know what's going to happen. I've been to the end. I'm coming back. I'm going to lead you to the end. You got to walk with me. See, when you have a big heart and, and, and then your mind paints a picture and then you're praying about the picture you see, there's a tendency, if you're not careful, where you stop serving God and you expect God to serve you. Because you're telling God, you're asking God, you're putting a demand on God to do what you have in mind. Instead of pressing into God to discern by the Spirit what God has in mind. So when you're serving God, just remember this. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. See, a servant can relax because the master is responsible for care and provision. So when you're serving God, you can relax because the master is responsible for care and provision. But when you're asking God to serve you, now you are responsible to care and provide for God. See, the enemy wants you to be trapped by that big heart and afraid to move on and follow with God. And he'll convince you to stand there and believe and confess and call it faith. But God's moved on. Because as long as you're there, you're stuck. But God's here today to unstuck you. Hello, somebody. Look, look at verse 2. How can I do what you've asked me to do if I do what you've asked me to do, it's going to kill me? This is just a side thought, but why is it every time we consider obeying God, we think it's going to kill us? Remember the boys in the boat waking up Jesus? What are they doing? Exactly what he said. What's their thought? 
we're all going to die. Remember Thomas getting ready to go back. They're going to minister to Lazarus. They don't want to go back. People are mad at us back there. Jesus says, we're going back. Okay, we're going with you. Let's just go die with him. Every time you do what God tells you to do, you act like it's going to kill you. Why? Because big-hearted people are very extreme. Very intense. The intensity of your heart makes you think it's going to kill you. Man, if I forgive them, if I forgive them, if I forgive them, man, it, they, they're going to they're use it against me the rest of my life. Yeah, it's going to kill you to obey God, isn't it? No, it's going to give you life. Come on, you already know better, right? You already know better, but, but uh, how, about, how, about, how about we just do what the Bible says? I, I thought I might get something. Okay. How about we do what the Bible says? Thank you. I'm making a tape. Okay, okay. Uh, he said, here's what you do. Take a heifer and tell him I've come to sacrifice. So understand this. This is, this is cool. Uh, that God has a mission. Okay, there's a mission. And he's, he's giving him an assignment. Here's a mission. And with the mission, here's the strategy. Okay, here's what you do to accomplish what I've seen. So God's seen something. He's got an end. And he says, okay, I'm going to give you the mission, but I'm going to give you the strategy. If you follow the strategy, you will fulfill the mission. If you adjust the strategy, you will abort the mission. See, the enemy, the enemy can have you totally convinced that uh, because God has spoken to you about the mission, but the, but the enemy can have you totally convinced that if you just do it your way, I think the Bible puts it this way, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is destruction right? There's a way that seems right to you, right? It seems right to, to man, to, to the natural man. That just seems right. But the end, see, you ain't looking at the end. Why? Because of, it, because of what you have in mind. You have to release what you have in mind to collide with what he has prepared. Yeah, but, but I'm telling you, I'm tell, do you know how many people know exactly what we should do here at the garden? Like every single one of you have great ideas, Great insight, great revelation, great, great, man, man, this is what we should do. Uh, 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 this is what we, uh, but you, you know what? Maybe, maybe if you, add, maybe if you just took a moment, would you just please take a moment and release what you have in mind so that we can collide with what God has prepared? I just think maybe it would help us. Look at verse 3. Uh, uh, and Jesse uh, called him to the sacrifice, and, and he said, and I will show you what you will do. God, God's wanting to show you some stuff. God's wanting to show you your next step. God's wanting to show you your next step. God's wanting to take you to the next place. God, God's wanting to show you. And, and, and you know what, man? You, we, we just want to get in tune with God. And you're going to anoint him, the one that I name, the one that I name. Not, don't, pick, don't, don't pick out a path. Take the path I name. Hello, somebody. Yeah, but I like that. You, you won't like it. Why? Because God knows the end of it. See, you, you like the way it looks right now, but hey, uh, Shelby and I, uh, uh, these guys that are, that are riding their bikes, they just went over to Joseph and did a cool ride over there. But one time, and we had our parents, and, and, uh, and, and I was just peeling off on different roads and going, and, and there was a road, and it looked great to me, and I took the road, and we got back in there, several miles back in there before it turned to gravel. And, you know, maybe if you have, you know, on your Honda Davidson, you wouldn't care, but I care. Okay, so uh, I stopped, and, and we turned around, and we had, to, we had to backtrack. Why? Well, because it looked good up front, but, it, but when, I, when, when, we, when we got going down the road, mm, no, this is not what we had in mind. See, God already knows the end of it. 
So maybe you should trust him. Come on, maybe you should just trust him and, and make sure. Let, let me tell you where the anointing is going to be. It's going to be where God says it is, not where you say it is. Right? And he said, you're going you're gonna to see the anointing, but I, it's the one I name. It's the one I name. Look at verse 4. And, and, and Samuel did that. I think this is like a miracle. Samuel did what God said. Anybody ever in here ever done that? Come on. Anybody in here ever done what God said? Come on. You're like big-hearted people. Don't want to say anything. Come on. You ever done what God said? Isn't it amazing when you actually do what he said? I mean, it's amazing. And sometimes that's the biggest part of the miracle is that we just did what he said. And, and, and he did what he said, and the elders got nervous. Anytime you start obeying God, even the mature get a little bit skittish. Why? Because it's scary to obey God. Am I doing good? Okay. I mean, I'm looking at that clock, but I'm looking at the one below it thinking... Okay, okay, because I just want to share this because sometimes I don't think we, we get it. It's like the building that we're at. Man, how, how many are thankful for the campus we have? It's awesome, huh? It's awesome. God is so good. But I got to tell you, the, the, the guys that surround me and, and, and the role that they played in getting us here, because, you know, when I was sitting out there and the, this was just an empty thing and it didn't look anything like it does now and didn't have entrances and it didn't, you know, and I'm sitting there and asking God for the patio and God says, don't ask me for the patio, ask me for the building. In order for us to collide with what God had prepared, we had to release what we had in mind because we had property on Riata and we had a picture and we had a plan and we had a purpose and we had a, you know, we had a goal, but we had to release that to collide with what God had prepared. And, and, and sometimes you, you have to, you know, uh, you, you just got to get this, that uh, in that process, man, there was a, a lot of people who were nervous as we're trying to, just trying to obey God, including us, okay? Don't think that walking with God and doing what he tells you to do is always going to be easy. And, 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 and I've heard people say this, that, that just, just as long as you have peace. I'm going to tell you something, uh, that, that I believe in peace, and I know that the peace of God passes my understanding, and I want to live in the peace spot, you know, the, 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 uh, the, you know the, that perfect peace place. But there are moments when the natural man is not in peace. Hello? I, I don't know. I mean, the Spirit's just like, it's like Jesus sleeping in the boat and everybody else is freaking out. You know, you're with Jesus, but there's a tendency to, don't, see, it's okay to have the feeling. You just can't let the feeling have you. Okay, let, let's, let's roll. Okay, five, uh, verse five. He said, hey, I've come to town in peace. I'm going to sacrifice. Says, sanctify yourselves. And he sanctified Jesse. And, and look at six. And it came to pass, I just want to point this out, that every time you do what God said, it will come to pass. This is, this, this is the process. You do what he said, he produces what he promised, okay? And it came to pass that when they were come, that he looked at Eliav, <coughs> sorry, and he said, Sam says, oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Look at, look at this dude walk in here. He is tall. He's a warrior. He is skilled. He's got looks. He's got muscles on top of his muscles. He, this, this guy is, he is a stud. That is what I had in mind. See, you always got to watch what you have in mind. Because even when you start walking with God, I'm in obedience to you, God, something's going to produce itself. And, and here's the funny part about this, and I just want you to know this, that Eliab's name means born of God. 
God, this is born of God, okay? This is born of God. This has to be it. That's not where the anointing is for this situation. No, you're mistaken, God, because this is born of God. The, the, you remember when you told me to take this job? Okay, I took the job. Now, here's an opportunity, and this opportunity is born of God. Yes, it is. It's just not yours. No, no, this is exactly what I had in mind. Yeah, but I need you to release what you had in mind so you can collide with what I have prepared. Yeah, but it's born of God. It's got your fingerprints all over it. It lines up with the Bible. There's no sin. There's no deficit. There's no fault. Right. But it's not for this purpose. Because the Spirit searches all things. Who's serving who? Yeah, but this is a God moment. This is a God opportunity. This is a God thing. Well, wait a minute. Who's God? You or God? I'm telling you to move on. I'm telling you this isn't it. But we've sat around the table. We've marched around the property. We've called down fire from heaven. This isn't the one. The anointing will be where I say it is. Verse 7. Don't look at the countenance. Don't look at the height. Don't look at the stature. I refuse that one. You know, can I just tell you some, just, just real quick, just a couple little nuggets about Eliab? Eliab had a purpose. Eliab had a great purpose. Eliab had a great life. But Eliab was not to be anointed king. Why? Because God had a different purpose for Eliab. David was the purposed one. He was the one that when God went to the end and provided a king, he saw to it that David would be prepared. He had David living, growing up under a bunch of older brothers who were going to help shape and mold him. And if you have older brothers, you know how they have the ability to do that, right? And, and, and David was being prepared in his heart for what God had for his future. Eliab didn't need to have what David had in his heart because Eliab wasn't going to have Saul throwing spears across the room trying to pin him to the wall. Eliab would have walked over there and kicked Saul's booty and, and, and would, have, would have left blood all over the carpet. And, and, and God said, no, I have developed a heart in David. God has developed the future, the right place, the right spot, the right condition, the right situation, the right circumstance. He has it all prepared. It is prepared and ready. The fridge is stocked. Don't, don't pick something else because you like that style of fence. Let me get you to where I've prepared for you because what I've prepared for you is going to fit you It's going to fit you. It's going to fill you. It's going to heal you. What I have for you is not an expensive forgery, but it's a masterpiece. God wants you to know that He is designed specifically for you. Don't trade it for something of no value. Don't, well, we're doing fine. You don't want to do fine. You want to do life. 
You want to do life? All you guys all say together we're better. That we do life together, but uh, you've never you've never done life with me. It's because all you you maybe 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 because all you do is death. See, to do life, you you actually have to engage. Well, you've never called me. I can't call you know a thousand people every week. When did you call me? Right now, please, I don't want a thousand phone calls this week. But, but just ask yourself, are you wanting others to pour into you or are you in the presence of God getting filled so you can pour into others? See, because you got that big heart. See, you can love big, but you can also hurt big. And sometimes you hurt big over things that aren't big. You just have to do your part. God, God is faithful his his word is true he he doesn't he doesn't leave or forsake so if there's not that connected what is it well probably because you're in the wrong place you're at the empty fridge see it's not god are you going to do something no it's what are we going to do about it are we going to reach out to god are we going to take that step towards god you know the bible says draw nigh unto god and he will draw nigh unto you you might need your heart healed. You might need your heart filled. But let me tell you where the first step is. Uh, and it really isn't the first step. is because God has already taken the first step. It's just you haven't seen that. And so now, but now it's, it's, it's your turn. Look at somebody say, it's your turn. It's time for you to step towards God. What has God ever done for me? <laughs> really? I mean... Leave Jesus out of the picture. What has God done for you? I don't know. Look back three days. You're still here. He gives life. He gives hope. He brings light into the darkness. He restores every heart. is a great God. Close your book, bow your head. Father, right now, I just thank you that you are doing a work in us. You're bringing healing and you're bringing filling. You're going to fill us. You're going to restore us. You're going to revive us. You're going to renew us. You're going to refresh us. God, we choose to allow you to be God. We want to collide with what you have prepared. So God, help us get over what we had in mind. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here today and you recognize that, you know what? I've been kind of doing this thing wrong. I've asked God to serve me instead of me surrendering to serve God. Well, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And while we're here, uh, uh, I'm not going to have you stand. I won't call you out. But if you're here and you say, you know what? Man, that's me. I, I need to get my life right with, with, with God today. I, I need to let him be God. I, I, need, I need to become the servant of God so that he can provide for me the future that he has prepared for me. And, and so I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while no one's looking around, I just want to agree with you in prayer. Would you just hold your hand up really high? Just say, today, that's me. That's me. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. 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 That's so awesome. Just, just, just getting it right with God today. Just getting it right with God. Everybody in here, just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. 
I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you. And I'm going to live for you alone. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for healing. And thank you for filling. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, everybody. Give God one more shout.